Hello, hi, hi, hi. It's really nice to see lots of new and newer, newish faces. Good to see you all. Big welcome to you. Um, so we are doing Philippians. We're working our way through Philippians. And we've got as far as Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 to 11. If possible, please, Abby. Yeah, chapter 3, please, 10 to 11. Right here. I'm going to have to take put my reading glasses on now because I'm uh, blind as a bat. Here we go. Right. <clears throat> Let's just pray, shall we? Let's just pray. Lord God, thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord, that your character above all is grace that you want to bless us, that your your face is inclined towards us. Thank you for your grace, Lord God, and uh, thank you for your love towards us, and may we respond with love to you. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Right. So starting with chapter 3, verse 10. Yeah. I want to know Christ. Good place to start, eh? Yeah. I want to know Christ. Yeah. I want to know Christ. We all want to know Christ. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. So we want to know Christ and we want to know the power, the power of his resurrection. We want to know the power of his resurrection. Okay, resurrection, that's a long word. Um, what does it mean? You know, we're going from death to life. So there was Jesus. Jesus, his physical body was dead. And then there was the resurrection. His physical body became alive again. Now, we want to know the power of his resurrection. Are we talking about eternity? Are we talking about when we die and then we, we have life after death? Are we talking about eternity? Or are we talking about the here and the now? That we want to know the power of his resurrection right here, right now? Or maybe we're talking about both? What do you think? Yeah, it's both, yeah. We want to know the power of his resurrection. We want to know it when we die, yeah? But we don't only want to know it when we die. We want to know the power of his resurrection in the here and in the now. Right. Um, so I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. And this, this is how we get God's power. This is how we get the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. So. Um, just the end of that first paragraph, the end of verse 10, becoming like him in his death. So. We want the power of God. Yeah, we, we all want the power of God, don't we? Yeah. We don't just want to be boring people. We want the 
the power of God in our lives. And it says here, we need to become like him in his death. So, what, is, what was Jesus like in his death? Well, we looked at this a couple of weeks ago. Could we please, Abby, go to Philippians chapter 2 and verses 5 to 11? Oh, there it is. It's there as well. Oh, yeah. um, here we go. I'll just read it. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. There we are. My attitude, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. So here's Jesus. He's the most magnificent. He's the most powerful man who has ever lived. Yet he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Um, the great paradox, if you like, of Jesus is that he was the most humble person who has ever lived, and yet he was the most glorious, uh, the most magnificent, the most wonderful person who's ever lived. And yet his humility, um, just incredible humility that Christ had. So we want to know the power of Christ. We need to be like him in his death. He was in very nature God, and yet he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. He didn't grasp his deity, his power. He was prepared to let it go. But he made himself nothing. He made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient. God became obedient. Isn't that amazing? Um, we want to be selfish. Don't we? I want my way. I want to do what I want to do. I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. And yet Jesus was humble. He became humble and obedient. He wasn't selfish and willful. You know, in the garden of in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus says to God, He says, Not my will, but yours. Jesus was not selfish. Jesus preferred the will of his father um, to his own will. He wasn't selfish. He humbled himself. He wasn't proud. He humbled himself and became obedient to death even death on a cross. Next, we have this word, therefore, I think is one of the most important words in the Bible. It's one of my favorite words, therefore. I mean, in the Bible, there's lots of good words like, you know, love, grace, Jesus, God. Obviously, these are mega important words. But whenever you read your Bibles, always look out for that word, therefore. Because that word, therefore, is going to help you to understand. It's going to be the key which helps you to unlock so much meaning, so much truth out of the scripture as you read it. Yeah. So, yeah, he humbled himself. He became obedient. He became a servant. 
Therefore, God exalted him. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name. That's how it works. This is the nature of spiritual life. Um, God opposes the proud. Yeah, God opposes the proud, um, but he gives grace to the humble. If you're humble, God will give you grace. If you're proud, God will oppose you. God opposes the proud. He gives grace and love to the humble. Therefore, God exalted him. Exalted, that's another unusual word. It just means he lifted him up, raised him up. God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name, which is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every tongue confess that Lord, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Yeah, so Jesus on the cross. So could we just go back to Philippians chapter 3 again and 10 to 11, please, Abby? Thank you very much. So I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him. So we know Christ's power by becoming like him. Jesus, we, we just look, we just picture Jesus on the cross, yeah? We just picture Jesus on the cross. Was there any pride there? No pride, no pride at all. Was there any Jesus on the cross? Is there any selfishness? Is there any vanity? Any ambition? Any boasting? This is how Jesus was on the cross. And that's, we should be like him in his death. So spiritual life, um, our relationship with God, it's a bit like God makes us an offer. God makes us an offer. God says, come to me, come to me. Um, I'm not interested in your past. Just come to me and come to my cross. You can give me all of your selfishness, all of your badness, all of your vanity, all of your boasting. Come to my cross Give me all the bad things in your life and I will give you my grace. I will give you my new life. It's like it's the deal that God wants to do with us. God says, come to me. Come to, you know, come to the foot of my cross. Give me all the bad stuff. And I will give you my power. Could we move on to verses 12 to 14, please, Abby? Thanks. Not that I have already obtained all of this or have already been made perfect. So this is St. Paul writing this. This is St. Paul, one of the most sort of holy people who's, um, obviously he wasn't as holy as Jesus, but <laughs> he, he was a holy man, yeah. He achieved a lot for God. And here's St. Paul saying, um, 
not that I have already obtained all of this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. So, that's right. So, not that I have already obtained all of this or have already been made perfect. So, Paul is saying he's not already perfect. And that's true, isn't it? Nobody's perfect. No matter how good you try and be, nobody's perfect. But is that an excuse for apathy? No, it's not an excuse for apathy. Nobody is perfect. But we don't just say, well, nobody's perfect, whatever. Yeah, We don't say, nobody's perfect, so meh. No, we read that that's not our attitude. Nobody's perfect, but... Yeah, I have... Not that I've already obtained all of this, or have already been made perfect, but I press on, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Brothers, I do not, here on to verse 13 here, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, one thing I do, forget, forgetting what is behind, and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. Forgetting what is behind. Just leave it. Just leave it behind. Isn't that a wonderful instruction for us? So who's been baptised recently? Has anybody been baptised recently? Has any, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Has anybody been baptised recently? Yeah, okay. Or, or, or I think most of us have been baptised at some point, haven't we? And this is what we did in in baptism. We forget what is behind. Just forget it. We leave it behind, and we strain towards what is ahead. God has called me heavenward. Heavenward. That's a lovely word, isn't it? So, yeah, we're not there yet. We're here. There's heaven. And yet we're going heavenward. We're going towards heaven. It's a process, yeah? Um, we are all a work in progress. But God, God is changing us. We are moving towards heaven. Right. Could we jump forward, please, Abby? Could we go to verses yeah chapter 3 verses 18 19 for as i have often told you before and now say even again even with tears many live as enemies of the cross of christ their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. 
So we were saying that God offers us a deal. You know, God says, yeah, come to my cross. Give me all the, the crud in your life. Give me all the rubbish in your life. And I will give you my love and my grace. But Paul is saying here, verse 18, as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Yeah, some people live as enemies of the cross of Christ. For them, they would rather cling on to their selfishness. They would rather cling on to their old life and their vanity, their pride. They don't want to give up the bad stuff and receive God's love and grace. They want to live as enemies of the cross of Christ. And Paul says, you know, this brings tears to him. Their destiny is destruction. Yet in your life, you won't know blessing in your life unless you allow God to move in you, unless you allow God to deal with whatever in your life needs to be dealt with. Their God is their stomach. Um, if, like many of us, you're carrying a few more pounds than you might ideally want to, I don't think this is particularly getting at you, to be honest. I don't think this is aimed at you. I think this is referring to sort of pagan practices, uh, the ancient Romans, many ancient peoples. Part of their sort of pagan worship was to have a big food blowout, you know. Part of their pagan shenanigans was they would eat until they popped, basically. Um, that, that was part of their pagan lifestyle. I don't think this is getting at people today who want to lose a few pounds. So don't get too hung up about that. So I think, as I say, um, he's aiming his fire at paganism here, I believe. Anyway, yeah, their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is in their shame. Their glory is in their shame. I used to work with a chap and every Monday morning he would come into the office and he would say, hey, you know what? I got so drunk on Saturday night. And he would say, I drank 10 pints of Stella. And we think, did he really drink 10 pints of Stella? And if he did, why? <laughs> and he would say, oh, yeah, I was so drunk. I was so drunk that I fell over. You know, we were all supposed to go, wow. But we just thought, what a twit. Um, but yeah, their glory is in their shame. I'm afraid there are some sad people whose glory is in their shame. You hear about people who go on holiday to Ibiza and say, oh, yeah, we went on holiday to Ibiza and I haven't got a suntan. Why? Because I slept all day <laughs> and every night we got drunk. One night I got so drunk, I didn't know where I was. <laughs> and it's like, you know, people are boasting about their, about their shame. Um, sadly, there are a lot of people who do that. Um, you know, Jesus is standing before you. His arms, his hands are open. Jesus wants to give you grace and love and every good thing. And yet, you know, we come across people, they glory in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. Well, where's your mind? 
Now that is a that is a convicting question, isn't it? Their mind is on earthly things. Well, obviously, we our waking hours somewhere around about eighteen hours a day. We're awake. What are we thinking about? What do we think about? What is your mind on? What do you care about? Do you care about earthly things, or is your mind on heavenly things? Yeah. So many live as enemies of the cross. Their destiny is destruction. Their god is their stomach. Their glory is their shame, and their mind is on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. So, um, please don't be an enemy of the cross. Yeah, please don't be an enemy of the cross. Uh, the cross is God's means of grace to you. The cross is how God wants to bless you. God wants you to come to him to give up all the bad stuff and to receive his blessing. Okay, I want to know, I'm, I'm just retracking briefly. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. So what is it like to live a life? where we know the power of God's resurrection, of his resurrection. So I had a little think about that. And I thought the best definition, if you like, would be Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 26. Please, Abby. So this is what it's like to have the power, God's resurrection power in your life. The fruit of the spirit. Yeah, you come to Christ at the cross. You come to God in baptism. God blesses you with his spirit. He anoints you with his spirit. He graciously gives you the power of his Holy Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I guess a lot of us have read those words umpteen times. Yeah? Some of us, these may be new for you, but either way, maybe today just drink it in. Yeah, just drink it in. Let it fill you up, let it inspire you. This is what I want. This is what I want in my life more than anything else. I want love. I don't want selfishness. I don't care about my ambition. I don't care about my vanity. I want love in my life. I want to love people like Jesus loved people. I don't want to be a dull, heartless person. I don't want a heart of stone. I want a heart of, of flesh. I want to love people the way Jesus loved people. I want my heart to be alive, to be buzzing with the love of Christ. I want love, yeah, joy, peace, peace. Just drink it in. Is this what you want? Drink it in. Um, 
love, joy, peace, patience, patience. The number of times I've had to repent of my impatience. Yeah, patience, kindness, goodness. Um, faithfulness, gentleness. Doesn't sound very macho, does it? Gentleness doesn't sound, you know, doesn't sound very manly. But yeah, if you're a man of God, then you have gentleness and yeah, self-control. And if you're a woman of God, of course, but yeah, <laughs> you have gentleness and self-control. Oh my goodness, I beg your pardon. Yeah, against such things there is no law. Against such things, there is no law. We're not into legalism, are we? Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, we don't need the law anymore. We have God's law written on our hearts. We're full of God's love. The law of God is written on our hearts. But against such things, there is no law. Those, I'm mean, here. We are. This is interesting. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. So we, we come back to the cross, yeah? We come back to the cross. Yeah, we want love. We want the love of Jesus buzzing in us. We want joy and peace and patience. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature. They said, okay, you know what? All this crud in my life, all my selfishness, all my vanity, I'm going to crucify it. Crucify it. Kill it off. I, I turn my back on it. I walk away from it. Another image that Paul uses in his epistles, he says that our old life is like a coat he says um, that we can put on righteousness. He says we can take off our old life. And imagine my old life is like my coat that's hanging up over there. That's my sinful nature. What do I do? I just take it off and leave it, leave it behind. And I have a new coat, which is God's righteousness, and I put it on. Take off, put on. I have crucified the sinful nature. But yeah, it takes a bit of willpower. It takes a bit of decisiveness. Yeah, In our Christian life, we need decisiveness. We have to say, right, okay, I don't want this anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm not perfect. Yeah, I'm going to goof up many, many times. But I've made a decision that all this impatience in my life, all this anger, all this bad ambition, all this selfishness, I've made a decision. I'm going to crucify it. I'm going to say, no, I don't want it. For me, it is dead. I'm going to crucify the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So how do we know God's resurrection power. How do we live in Christ? How do we have the fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace? How does that happen? 
The Spirit, yeah, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Yeah, you know, um, one of the last things that it is recorded that Jesus said to his disciples was, okay, well, I'm going to leave you now. I'm going to go, but my Father will send the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is no longer physically with us on earth. Jesus is with the Father. But who is here? The Spirit. The Spirit is here. Woohoo! The Spirit is here. Isn't that great? Yeah, the Spirit is with us. We live, yeah, since we live by the Spirit. Hey, hey. We can live by the Spirit. Isn't that wonderful? We live by the Spirit. Um, so I want to know Christ. I want to know the power, the power of his resurrection. How do I know Christ? How do I know the power of his resurrection? Well, I become like Christ in his death, like Christ in his death. I know humility. Um, I give up my selfishness. But then I receive God's spirit. I live by the spirit. I say, Holy Spirit, please fill me up. Holy Spirit, please rule my life. Holy Spirit, please fill my thought life. I want to think about the things which the Holy Spirit wants me to think about. You know, I want to feel the things the Holy Spirit wants me to, to feel. I want to live by the Spirit. But yeah, you just you ask the Holy Spirit to, to fill you up. The Holy Spirit fills you up. And as we know, once the Holy Spirit fills you up, it just bubbles out. It just keeps overflowing. And more and more of the Holy Spirit comes in. More and more of the Holy Spirit keeps on bubbling up. And you just give out that love. You give out that joy and peace, patience and kindness. So, yeah, it's all about grace. There is immense grace. Um, God just wants to bless you and give you his grace. He wants to fill you with his spirit. And yet God is making you an offer. God is like he's making you an offer. We would be crazy to turn that offer down. It's like the offer is, um, you can, God says to us, you give me your Nissan Micra and I will give you a Ferrari. Yeah, that's the offer that God is offering us. Um, apology if you have a Nissan Micra. I does anybody have a Nissan Micra? Does anyone have one here? I, I, if I have offended you, please forgive me. Please forgive. Me. <laughs> but hey, yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's this is the deal. This is the deal, um, and it's important. We, you know, we've got one life. We've only got one life on this earth. Live it as the. Uh, as the slogan goes, you've got one life, live it. And in this life, the deal is you can either cling on to your Nissan Micra. You can live a, you know, a pretty sad life where you glory in your shame, where you, 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 where you boast about getting drunk every Saturday night. Or, you know, <laughs> where you cling on to yourself. You cling on to your pride, your ambition. You cling on to your Nissan Micra. 
Oh, God says, yeah, come to my cross. Be like me. Be like Christ in his death. Empty yourself of your ambition and your selfishness and receive my spirit.